I'd say we're all missing birthdays. Having a party to celebrate someone that you love. I mean, kids are losing their bloody minds. But you can still send them a card or a little prezzy in a parcel with on post. That way, they can feel thankful on their special day. A Zoom party with some of your oldest pals. Watching Mean Girls at half two in the afternoon and holding hands even though they're dry as fuck. There are a million things I'm thankful for today, but what is my guest thankful for? We would have loved like six children and we didn't have any. We've stayed sort of kind of youthful or childlike for each other. Welcome to Thanks a Million. I'm Angela Scanlon and this is the show that takes a sneaky look at my guest's gratitude list to find out the things that have shaped their lives. Today, we are off to chat to Marion Keyes. Oh, what a woman. She is a storyteller extraordinaire. She's been writing books, I mean, countless books for the last 20 years. We chatted about recovery, about very nice bosses and bags. There was there was a lot of bag chat, I'm not going to lie. But before we get to Marion, I'm going to have a little rifle through my old mailbag. Now, I asked you earlier this week what you are thankful for on Instagram. And this is what you said. Kath, coffee in bed, a run on the hill at Tara, sunshine, a family roast dinner, a coal fire, a glass of wine and Netflix. Jesus, she's a load of them. Marguerite, the sunny weather, two cuddles with my little one and three pizza. See, it's the simple things. Emma Cannon, a little more out there. I did a little new moon ceremony for the planet. I sang a song, said a little prayer, burned some incense and lit some candles. Normal hippie behaviour, she says, not me. Let's hope the full moon in two weeks brings a lighter energy. Amen to that. Bag of Glee, not sure what her real name is, but I'm going to call her Bag of Glee. My friend got engaged a few days ago. Such a beautiful thing to hear in the midst of all this craziness. I also set up a WhatsApp group for all my aunts and cousins. One thing I will say is the isolation is making me look inwards and has given me a push to reach out to friends and family much more often. It's a perfect time to check in with people. Everyone is normally so busy, but now we can chill and talk. I completely, completely agree. I feel like I've talked to people more in the last couple of weeks than I have have in the whole rest of the year. There's just a kind of sense that time has slowed down a little bit and maybe a bit more perspective. So I agree. So anyway, keep them coming. I love them. They don't have to be profound. They don't have to be massive. They don't even have to be noteworthy at all. In fact, it could be cheese for all I care. Just share them. Use the hashtag thanks a million trio and I will be reading them out over the next few weeks. So shall we get started? So how are you, Marion? I'm not too bad, sweetheart. How are you? I'm really good. Um, I thank you so much for doing this. You're I've realised I'm delighted. I am delighted. And also your voice is just um it's so soothing to me at the moment. Oh, thank you. Oh, God, these are such strange days, aren't they? Oh, my God, it's mad. I've been listening to your book, um, your your oh, latest you? one, Grown Ups, yeah. And I love that, obviously, you, you narrate it. I mean, I guess a lot of people do and some people don't, but I love hearing... This is the first it. time I did a, a novel. Oh, OK, OK. So it's extra special. Where are you? Are you in London? I'm in London, yeah. It's really odd. Because 
because I've had moments yeah. where I've thought, oh my God, I feel so far away you know even if I wouldn't have necessarily been home there's a kind of pull that makes me feel so separate yeah Yeah. I know but this will pass Mm -hmm. yeah life will be ordinary and normal again yes (laughs) it's hard to imagine I feel like maybe I know yeah I feel like maybe our new ordinary and our new normal might be different Yes. yes yes You know, and not in a bad, not in a bad way. I actually no. I think we'd be more grateful. Mm, So do I. So do I. Which brings us neatly. Thank you very much. To today, is there anything particular today that you are grateful for? Like so much. Like you know, I woke up in a, a clean, warm, dry house, like in a comfortable bed, and I didn't have to leave. The bed, you know, so many people have to do the bed or the house, you know, (laughs) Um, there was food in the fridge, you know, the electricity worked like all those things that we take for granted to make our lives comfortable. They were all working and I'm feeling fairly, you know, grounded and calm. And I'm really, really grateful for that. And is that feeling of being grounded and calm unusual or is that a normal sense? It comes and goes. I mean, especially at the moment, I go through times of almost forgetting about what's going on. And then I get seized by the terror and by the whole surreal sort of disaster movie feel of how we're living at the moment. And when that has me in its grip, it is it's awful. Like, you know, and I worry about my mother dying, my husband dying, kind of everyone I love dying. And then it passes because I don't think any human being can kind of sustain that indefinitely. And then I kind of get back to normal. So I did some work this morning. I did some cleaning this morning, which is incredibly unusual for me. I am really not that person. I'm like, Angela, I'm really not. (laughs) I'm laughing because... I'm this, exactly the same and I hoovered yeah. this morning for the first time in I honestly don't know how many years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I'm going around with the Dettol, the Dettol spray and doing the, you know, the cupboards and the bathroom and like mm. the, the, the lamp beside my bed and everything. And now I feel I should be carried like through cheering crowds, you know, on people's shoulders through the streets <laughs> because it's so rare for me to do this. Yeah. Um. Then, then I had an AA meeting on Zoom at lunchtime, which was just so fabulous. Yeah. And it's a meeting that I go to to regularly um, in real life. And it was just so gorgeous to see everybody's face and to hear how everybody is. Mm -hmm. And that actually was, that gave me a huge lift. Like, it sounds kind of weird, but it was sort of like being at a little party. Yeah. for a while um just to see all the people that I love mm-hmm. was just lovely and so would you go to those meetings daily or weekly it depends yeah it depends maybe three a week but it depends if I'm you know if if there's kind of a lot going on for me I'll go to more mm-hmm it's funny because I do think that kind of I follow Gabrielle Bernstein on um, 
on Instagram and she does a lot of you know she a lot of stuff around gratitude but she um yeah. she's in AA and she posted a piece today like an audio piece that really was quite amazing talking about it's one of the I mean I don't know that it's one of the commandments but it's one of the things that she said she learned when she first <laughs> went that's not the right terminology is it Marion yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but if you tell me what it is I can tell you what the right word is okay no one she, of the so, slogans maybe, maybe I like one Commandment. Yeah, come on, sorry, that went straight back to my. Um, no, of it, course, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but no, she she basically was saying how it's like one of the rules, let's say. Um, but yeah, that, um, about accepting that, like, nothing yes. is accidental and everything yeah. is there, yeah. and you, it's basically um, whether it's situations, all of the things that trigger us probably daily. How the only way through yeah. them is acceptance. Um, yeah, and it was really like oddly comforting to me. Um, yeah, yeah, it's an acceptance prayer. She said from the big AA book, and um, yeah, 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 one yeah. that she goes to all the no, time. No, absolutely, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and she's right because you know we can we can be really devastated mm-hmm. about anything, you know, and we can rage against the unfairness of it all. Yeah. And we can insist that God has to change it immediately mm-hmm. and just fix it. And that's not going to get us anywhere. Yeah. Like the only thing that any of us can do is try and change ourselves mm-hmm. to accept the circumstances. And I mean, that is profoundly AA. Yeah. Yeah. But I also feel like that that idea, and I've seen it again, floating around from different sources and different ways, packaged in different ways. But that yes. idea of surrender, of just like, mm. you know, giving into it. And you said that, that idea of being gripped in terror. And I have that. I feel like I've had yeah. that since I was a, a child, that fear of people close to me, people I love dying, you know. And yes. usually that anxiety is yeah. rooted in nothing. And then suddenly, yeah. it's it's a potential reality and it's like well, thank you for saying that though that's mm. so generous of you yeah to feel you know to know that somebody else has those fears is mm-hmm. is very comforting thanks yeah yeah well yeah I don't I mean yeah I it's kind of I've been trying to to go through that in my own head and I remember as a kid kind of my parents whenever they would go away this just sheer terror of they are you know going they're gonna they're gone they're gonna die they've crashed yeah their airplane has fallen whatever it was it was always like zero to 100 and that weird kind of feeling that now that fear that I have always kind of grappled with is, you know, not closer. That sounds too grim, but it's a it's a certain reality for so many people now. Yeah. Yes. No, you I know. completely understand. What you're, where do you come in your family of origin? Uh, Are you the eldest? No, second from the top. Go on. Yeah. Right. Okay. Of four. Second. Yeah. Se- yeah second right. eldest of four. Yeah. Yeah, but I listen. Yeah, just because I'm the eldest, and and I thought it was an eldest child thing, but no, obviously not. No, because I know I I I know that you spoke about that on your Desert Island Discs, and I was like, oh my god, it's yeah. literally been my forever reality. But and and you yeah associated with with being an eldest um child, yeah, but I don't yeah. know. I think it's sensitivity as well that you're kind of on this Definitely. earth with the sensitivity that I've kind of learned to accept as. Uh, yeah, as yeah. part of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes you great at what you do. 
Exactly. <laughs> when you accept it, Marion. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's the accepting of it. I always thought, oh, this is a real pain in the arse. It's a total Achilles heel. It's yeah. my chink. And actually, I think I'm very good at defending other people's sensitivity and celebrating other people's vulnerability. It was just less comfortable for me to do for myself. But Yeah, yeah. You know. It feels more like a liability in ourselves. Totally, totally. Um, so, OK, sorry, we went on a bit of a tangent there, but you're feeling grounded and your yeah. house is clean and you've done and done a bit of, <laughs> well, I've done a bit yeah. of hoovering. You've done a bit, bit of cleaning. Of germ killing. The lamp is looking good. We're in good shape. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah the weather is nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the weather I, you know, is good. I know good. what I'm making for the dinner. Great. Yeah, there's a lot that's kind of comforting Under control. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to the thank you next. So maybe this is a chapter in your okay. life where you felt not in control, where, you know, something happened at the time was a disaster. It was, uh, you know, uh, maybe you couldn't see a way out, but in hindsight was either a turning point or something that you've you've been able to look back at with a bit of gratitude. Okay. No, I hope I've understood that the, the question correctly or the, the but the thank you next part of my life that I'm that I'm so glad is over now, but that killed me at the time mm. was um was when I reached the end of my alcoholic drinking yeah. and realized that I had to stop. And I was age thirty and I felt like simultaneously more ancient than the planet mm. and also like ridiculously young at having to stop. And I honestly felt that my life was completely destroyed and that the next whatever number of years that I lived would be like just crawling through a desert trying not to drink. Mm. And because everything I did back then kind of centered around alcohol and, you know, when I could next drink and when mm. I could get the money for it and when I could buy it and and you know, and how I could get away with it. And, you know, I've often said, like, I never saw the second half of a play because if I went, I'd go to the bar at the halftime, whatever it's called, intermission. And uh, and whoever I was with, I'd pers- persuade them to stay there with me drinking. Um, and then when I realized that kind of I'd run out of road and that I had to stop, I, I was I was grief stricken Mm. because it was like saying goodbye to the love of my life. And now I look back and like it's 20, 26 years since I've had a drink and my life has just been so beautiful since. And, you know, I'm not talking about the externals, but I'm talking about, you know, the the, the kind of the ever present shame that I kept adding to, you know, that has stopped Like, I don't make a show of myself and I don't let myself down. I don't hurt people. Mm. Um, You know, obviously, I'm a human being and I'm always going to hurt people and 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 make mistakes. But but that kind of it just happened all the time when I drank to excess. And, you know, I feel clean and reliable and decent today and 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 free, actually. You know, like it was at me the whole time, alcohol, like it was just gnawing at me the whole time, like looking for my attention. 
And now, you know, I wake up and I haven't had a drink the night before. I remember everything. Mm. And I know that my day is going to be clean and good. And I would never have known that I could feel so happy about not drinking. So, I mean, that was a real thank you next. Yeah, wow. And and so when did you realise... Because like you say, you felt, you know, so, so young and uh, and so ancient at the same time, like to, to to get to that point at 30, where most people are not really figuring stuff yeah. out, 30, like what was, was there yeah. something that happened? Was there a very clear rock bottom or was it just a series of things or an intervention or what was it that prompted you to go, okay, this is, this is not going to work for me? God, it was a kind of mix of everything. Like, any addiction is progressive. So it, it had got worse over maybe the last, I don't know, couple of years, maybe, um, you know, 28, 29. Um, and my connection to other people had become, oh, what's the word? I, you know, I wasn't really interested in people anymore. I just wanted to stay at home and drink. And I missed a lot of work and people were saying it to me, you know, and they were there were a lot of kind of stern conversations and, you know, people saying you lose your job and you'll kill yourself and this and that. And I really didn't care. But I think on some level it must have, you know, all of those mini interventions had a kind of a cumulative effect. And at the same time, I felt very, very depressed. and. I mean, it's no surprise, like I was pouring this very powerful, depressing chemical into myself in huge quantities on a daily basis. And I felt very suicidal at the time. And in the end, it was a fairly lackluster suicide attempt that meant I kind of told on myself, like it meant that suddenly People who hadn't previously been involved, like my parents, suddenly were. They didn't know how bad things were. And the next thing, like I was on a plane home to Dublin from London. And then two days after that, I was in um, the Rutland Centre. So it was kind of, I didn't decide what, you know, to kind of write, I'm an alcoholic, I need help. But I think by, by taking a load of tablets and then ringing somebody, it was, it put me beyond the place where I could still deny it to myself. Um, having done that, having done something so kind of shocking, it meant that there was no, there was no chance really to retreat back into denial. So that moment was your way of going, okay, I like I need, I need someone to help me. I need to out myself here before I. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's it. Yeah. I need to out myself because I knew that yes. I couldn't do it by myself mm-hmm. because I tried and, mm-hmm. and things had just got worse. Amazing though, that, that, um, that your family, yeah, got you home, sent you straight into you know yeah somewhere yeah 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 that was my dad he was fantastic amazing because I think that kind of you know that the fear around what to do is it my fault she's like this have I done something wrong makes a lot of people kind of yeah deny the seriousness maybe yeah 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 
No, it's funny. No, no, no. my dad knew all about alcoholism because uh, his okay. sister had been one. So he had already nice. gone through it with her. So and he was just he was very kind, like he was as narky. You know, he was a real proper Irish narky dad. But at the same time, he was he really got addiction and he knew that it wasn't caused by anyone yeah. or anything in my life, that it had been genetic. Um, so, no, he didn't. He didn't feel like that at all. I think my yeah. mother was more conflicted. Yeah, so complex though, isn't it? I think with any addiction, is that immediate shit? What have yeah. What have I done wrong? What could I have done something different? Is there something? Yeah, I think it's so difficult for a family as well. I think to yeah, um, to kind of wrap their heads around how to, you know, how to yeah, how to react, yes. how to hold you because are they wrong? Did they cause it in the first place? There's a kind of, I think, often a, a want to, um, to yeah, protect themselves maybe from, I don't know if that even makes sense, but that kind of help. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not in anyone's plan. You know, nobody thinks, well, for my life, I think I'd like to be an addict or, you, you know, if you want something for your children, you're not going to go, well, I hope they get a good leaving and an excellent degree and that they become an alcoholic. I mean, it's never on your list of wants. Um, yeah, it's not something. I mean, I was going to say it's not something good, but I mean, to be in recovery is actually incredibly lovely. Um and especially at times like now, where everything is so uncertain. Yeah. They're, the things I've kind of learnt over the years, like the acceptance thing we mm -hmm. talked about, um, is handy. Yeah. Yeah. But even I wonder, as you talk about like being, being in recovery and the sense of pride of waking up, you know, clean yeah. waking up kind of free to use your words um, yes. that actually maybe much like sensitivity the recovery or maybe in uh, whether it's the thing that brings you to addiction is also the the source of your um I don't, yes. I'm not articulating it as well as I'm sure you Yeah, no, could, no, no, I get it. You know, yes. but much like that sensitivity yeah. that the thing that makes it really fucking hard is also the things that make you Think really, make... yeah, yes. you. Mm. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is why you're the writer, Marion. I'm like, help me with the words, Marion. <laughs> No, you're fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'm on it today. I need a coffee. <laughs> Let's move on to the gift that you are most grateful for. Now, you can be deliciously frivolous in this if you want, because I oh, know you like... Um, okay. I know you like a shoe. <laughs> I love oh a shoe God. myself. You see, I thought... You see, Angela, I thought we were doing sort of worthy gifts and I had actually picked the ability to read. But Jesus oh, Christ, no, hold on a second. Yeah, chuck that one yeah. out the window. Yeah, yeah, never mind that. No, um, my uh, sisters gave me an Anya Hinmar <gasps> bag yeah. for my for my 40th birthday. And I don't know, do you remember when they did like, um, Is it they the called it Be A Bag. 
I'm Googling it now, be a bag. Yeah, Anya. where like they get a photograph of you, oh, you know, or whatever you like, like maybe your kids oh, or whatever. And they make it into a bag. Oh. Yeah. And so they did one of um, me, my brother Nyla and my sister Katrina <gasps> going to see Santi when we were about four, oh, you know, my... one of those really young ages. Yeah. Um, but uh, which which else of the Anya Hinmarsh's bags do you like? Because I, I love them. I like the ones with the stickers all over them. I got them after I, I, I had Ruby. I love them too. Yeah. Wait, I, tell you, I have to tell you, I have to tell Come you what on. happened. My mother, who is such a kind of a good, decent, devout mammy. Do you remember when the, the um, it was, I don't know, about five years ago, five or six years ago, the um, the bags with the stickers, yeah. they came out in black and they were lovely, mm-hmm. but they were coming in cream for the spring. Oh, yeah. And there was a waiting list and I got on the list and I eventually got the bag and it was so beautiful. <sighs> and my mother saw it and went off with it and went to bridge with it. <laughs> and, you know, all the ladies were admiring it. and But like, if she had known kind of how much it cost or how, how, difficult it had been to, to get, get it. it I think she would have like collapsed in a heap <laughs> and all the ladies who were admiring it in kind of surprised voices um yeah but yeah um oh, I know it's very like, trendy very trendy yeah um yeah I mean I love yeah I love beautiful things um and I I love how you celebrate um the love of beautiful things because I think a lot of people feel like oh, you know you say oh it's a bit frivolous like the joy that these things bring you oh, should yeah. never feel ashamed of that oh completely I mean there's so many things like I mean I love nail varnish mm. I love skincare I love makeup yeah and you know my face and my hair are my hobbies yeah. to a large extent like I love buying beautiful things like beautiful colors to put on my eyes and stuff like mm-hmm. that and I think it's terrible the way women have been told that these things are frivolous because this is what I think, Angela. It's my money. I earned it myself. Yeah. I earned it honestly. I pay my taxes. Mm-hmm. I don't drink. I give to good causes. And what I do with what is left is my feckin' business. I completely and, agree. <laughs> you know, and like the way, you know, like my husband spends X amount of ponders for his season ticket for the football. Yeah. And nobody says to him, oh, for God's sake, what are you doing wasting Ridiculous. good money on that sort of nonsense? I or, hear you. Know, you. Or he has like a really expensive hi-fi thing because he loves listening to music. And again, these male concerns are regarded as, you know, oh, yeah, no, but they're real things like that. Actually, real people really need yeah, yeah, in yeah, the real yeah. world. Yeah, With tech you and, and, gadgets. Your, and your lipsticks and, uh, yeah, and, your, and, your, and your mascaras and stuff. I mean, they're kind of ridiculous because nobody needs them. Yeah. I mean, nobody needs to go to the football either. And I felt, you know, I can survive without my Huda eye palettes, but I really. <laughs> but why enjoy would you them. want to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think there's a huge default way of thinking still in the world that, like, if a man likes it, it's, it's okay to spend money on it. Yeah, but yeah. if a woman wants to spend something that is just for her, it's regarded as as. Extra, yeah. not it's in the ex- young person's sense of extra. No, it's kind an of, extravagance. Yeah. It's an indulgence. It's a little bit. She's a exactly. bit mad about herself. Yeah, and, and there was, and there's really no need to spend that money. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. but I think that's maybe a hangover from when women weren't 
are in control their of their money. money earning their yeah. own money because yeah. I'm yeah. defiant if anybody ever questions you know I like yes. crystals and I like incenses and I spend money on you know those things that yes. are they are extra but they're really important to me and to my head and exactly. to everything and yes. if, as soon as anyone questions it I'm like exactly the same as you I work really goddamn hard, hard for my money yeah. and I'm not going to apologize to anybody or justify the reason why I want to buy this it's yes. literally none of your business it's literally none of your business that's exactly yeah. it yeah yes yeah. I love that amen to the hood eye palette yes yes <laughs> and me bags of frankincense in the Bla- post <laughs> oh yes <laughs> have you ever smelt frankincense Marion? I don't think I have. No. Okay. I think do Neil's yard do a frankincense eye cream or oh, night cream? Oh, night I, cream. I bet they do. But I have the re I'm actually going to send you <gasps> a little bag of frankincense. <gasps> it will look questionable. They come in yes. rocks. Not that I know yes. what that looks like, but um okay. it smells Me either. like yeah. <laughs> it smells like um, Clean living here. Oh <laughs> clean living all the way. But it smells <laughs> like a Catholic um <gasps> Funeral, you oh. know the dust. You know the dust yes. that they spray out at, at certain yeah. ceremonies, and there's something yeah. wildly comforting. It's also oh. very antibacterial. It's good for the old spirits in the house. I'm going to send Would you a little bag fantastic. of it and see what you think. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're going to love it. You're going to love it. You. Yeah, and in return, you can send me an Anya Hyde merch bag. I will. I will send you the one that my mother stole. I'll get it back off her. What is your thank fuck for this that you would be lost without? It's my husband. I knew it would be Tony. I'm so sorry. Um, But he's just so great. He's, you're like, he's my best friend. And he is so supportive of me and we have such a laugh and I feel so lucky and you know like coming back to these scary times we live in you know I think neither he or I are especially young anymore like we're we're in our 50s which we think we're 16 still but like medically we're not that young and the thought of you know just if he got sick and, you know, it's a real worry for me because we're just, we're very close and, and I just, I, I just really am very fond of him. Um, yeah. I know I chose those words because it's so it's so kind of damning with faint phrase like, no, I mean I think, it, it's I think it's amazing not. it's actually not though because I think there are so many people who you know like love each other they're in the thing they're committed but actually yeah. it's it's infectious your fondness for each other is is quite contagious and and lovely to see in him you know whether it's you taking videos of him holding yes. your shoes in his pockets or him videoing yes, you making an yeah. absolute arse of your hair with the t- curling yes, tongs there's yeah. a kind of playfulness that's really magical to, to see that's such a lovely thing to say because it's we true. really do have a great laugh yeah. and you know and maybe I don't know we, we would have loved 
like six children and we didn't mm-hmm. have any. Um, and I think we've start, we've stayed sort of kind of youthful or childlike for yes. each other. Like mm-hmm. we do, we have lots and lots of fun. And I just, my life is so lovely because he's in it. Um, yeah. And I feel ridiculously lucky to have, you see, I knew him, but I didn't want him when I was still drinking. And I just feel so lucky that when I got sober, I got sensible. And I thought, mm. why would I want to be somebody with somebody who's really mean to me when I can be with someone who's lovely to me? Yeah, and, and uh, who adores yeah. you. Yeah, and I adore him. And yeah. I'm going to stop now because I feel so <laughs> afraid of, you know, being smited for being no. smug. Um, no. But, you know, and we, we were talking with each other yesterday and saying, you know, what if we don't survive this, you know, mm. for whatever reason? And he said, well, you know, we've had a lovely life together. Um, yeah. And he's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm getting a bit morbid. Um, but yeah. yes, he is, he is <laughs> okay. my thank fuck person. I love that. Totally. <laughs> Tony. Um, oh, uh, honestly, you give me joy just watching from afar. And that bloody uh, cover that you did, what was, was it for the Telegraph recently? I hope it's framed. Oh, yes. Yes. In yeah, your well, jacks. The Telegraph, yeah. Yes. Stop it. I know. You're I know. like John and Yoko. <laughs> yes. I know. In bed. Yeah. I know. I love it so much. And you know, he's fab. such a good sport because yeah. like, he is really shy mm. and he's very kind of, um, you know, shy and quiet. And and it was such a kind of a big thing for him to get into bed with me and be yeah. photographed for the cover of the Telegraph. You I know. know. But like also, it, it is quite an iconic cover and I feel like, um, yeah, it really captures the period. Now, I'm saying that, like I've actually never met you in person or him. Oh, but obviously I feel like I know you on like a deep we level. Know you. Yeah. <laughs> So I hope it's framed somewhere or printed on a bag. Oh, God, yeah. Well, I might do the bag. No, I'm, jo- yeah. I'm only joking. You um, know, there is a wash bag version of that bag and you could actually no. get it as a little what? present for him. That would be oh, so God. cute. Wouldn't it? I think, no, he kind of went into shock when he saw his face no, on the paper. He? <laughs> he was a bit like, oh, Jesus Christ, I think I have to go and lie down for a while. No, because like okay. I'm so used to it because I've done it for so long. Yeah. But like he's done it about three times and he really had to be kind of escorted off to the darkened oh, yeah. room for me to fan him for a while and dab him with face cloths of cold water. Mm, so, yeah, understandable. He, he, yeah, he's not a public person. Yeah, he's the he's the support yeah. He's, does he does he feel like a plus one? Does he mind that? No, because this is again things we've talked about, you know. No, because he's got a kind of a fairly, I suppose, a small ego and a what does he say? Yeah, yeah. he has a small ego and a strong sense of himself. Mm, um, very important. You know, he's not insecure, yeah. and and. He thinks it's hilarious when people call him Mr. Keys because that's not actually his name. That's my dad's name. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's like when you check into a hotel and it's Mr. Scanlon. I love it. It makes me. Yes. Yeah. Happy. Does it happen a lot? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, hey, guy. Um, but then yeah. my daughter calls me um, Mammy Horgan, which makes me feel really old. So it comes full circle. <laughs> oh, yeah, what age is she? She's two, just gone two. Oh, 
Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It's it a the very best cute. Fun? It's yeah. the best fun. Yeah. She's a she's she's gas actually. She's a real f- sense of humor and a real sense of timing. Um Oh my and, god, isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah, she's cute. She's cute. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> and already taunting me, which is promising. <laughs> Mammy Horgan. <laughs> Mammy Horgan. I'm like, shut your little pie hole. <laughs> You're so not a mammy. You're so not. I know. But I also can't quite bring myself to, she says mummy, but I feel like, oh my yeah. God, if my family heard me calling myself oh, mummy, yeah. they would smack yeah, me. Yeah, you'd be... <laughs> That's it. You'd be you'd be the estranged daughter. <laughs> totally. So I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm. I'm still figuring it out. I, mean, I tried to make Mama stick, but she's she's having none of it. Oh, Mama's so. gorgeous. Yeah, Mama's keep cute, that. isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's I'm going to keep hammering that one home. Or she could call you Ange. I like well, that. You, that would no, be breezy. <laughs> she did come in to the living room yesterday and said, Angela. I was oh. like, excuse me? Um, yeah, so she does it with with um, Roy as well. She's like, because I, when I'm upstairs, if I'm calling down for something, I go, Roy! And she used to say, Roy! Yeah. And so she now thinks it's really funny when she says our names. So It yeah, does she does sound it funny quite, though. Yeah, to, especially from a baby. Right as well. <laughs> yeah, it's very cute. She does sound um, like a right laugh. She's good. She's good. Little hoot. A little hoot. Is there a thanks that got away? Yeah, I'm really sorry. This, I mean, I feel like I never stopped talking about my drinking, but I had a boss who knew what was happening for me and I didn't. Her name was Charlotte and she didn't sack me. She took me to my first AA meeting. She held me while I crashed and burned. She knew that I had to get really bad before I'd be able to accept help. And she kept me safe, you know, even when like I frequently didn't show up for work, just when I was a shambles of a human being. And after I went into rehab and I decided, like when I realized what was wrong with me, um, she kept my job for me in London and she took me back. And I worked there for another two, two and a half years. She died not long after I kind of became successful as a writer. And I feel like I never got to thank her properly. I mean, I did thank her and and made my amends to her, but I think that I could have done more. And, you know, I still, I often dream about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always a sense of sorrow in the dream because I didn't thank her enough. I didn't thank her properly, I feel. So if I had any chance, I would do that. Yeah. Although I feel like if you dream about her, this is me now being a bit of a hippie, but I feel like... No, that's great. She's she's there and she knows how grateful you are. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. And she was obviously quite um, switched on and... She um, really was. You know, conscious enough to be able to hold you when you needed it. And, you know, it is so rare for something mm-hmm. like that to happen. You yeah. know, most bosses would go, oh, my God, this person has a drink problem. Sack them. Yeah, because, I don't have time you know, for this shit. Yeah, 
yeah, I've yeah. got work to do here. You know, I've got responsibilities. It's and she business, Marion. She kept me safe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she absolutely yeah. didn't do that. Amazing. So, okay, I'm go- I'll, I'll, I'll try and thank her in the dream. Yeah, I think I think she knows. I don't know I why hope. I say that. Thank you. No, she no, no, I, that's a comfort to me. Thank you. Yeah. Finally, this one now, I don't know if I sent this one over to you. But I feel like because you're very vocal on um, on Twitter and, and recently on Instagram, your hashtag blessed moment. Oh. Is there like one moment that you think, oh, wow, that is like the little drop? Well, I mean, I suppose there are lots, really. I feel like I've been incredibly lucky in so mm. many ways. But it comes to kind of um, the start of my um, writing career. Mm. In that I had written, I think, four short stories in the months before I went to rehab. And after I got out of rehab and came back to London to work, I decided I'd send the short stories to a publisher. And I knew nothing about publishing, about agents, about different publishing houses. Like I hadn't a notion. Um, And it just seemed like this whole other world that that people like me had no right to to try and enter. But I, I felt so different that I thought I was going to try it. And I sent my stories off to um several um publishers and and in each of them I said I had started a novel. And there's a kind of a a, a series of kind of blessed moments in this one in that um Kate Cruz O'Brien who was the um, editor of Poolbeg Press, which is a, a publishing house here in Ireland. She was the only one that got back to me and said, the stories are good, but she said, we can't publish them. But tell me about this novel. Or said, yeah, I'd like to see this novel you're, you're working on. And that in itself was a hashtag blessed moment because, you know, to get a letter back from somebody, you know, who was an editor in an actual publishing house to say she liked what I'd written. That was the first bit. Then the second bit was I had been caught out in a lie. And I mean, I'd only said it to kind of big myself up and make myself sound like a, a proper writer. And I just, yeah, well, it was just that I said I'd started a novel, but I hadn't. And I, you know, and the thought kind of baffled me, like, how would you write a book? And uh, and then. It was incredible. I decided, look it, I give it a go. Um, and panic is a great, um, it's a great motivator, really. And I wrote four chapters in a state of high anxiety. And it eventually became the first four chapters of my first book, Watermelon. But the fact that I kind of decided not to overthink it and not to pretend that the letter hadn't arrived, um, but that I kind of recognized it as a an opportunity that might never come again. And I yeah. acted on it rather than thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, I, <gasps> I you know, I can't I'm snared it. rapid here. They've caught me out, you know. And yeah. then, I mean, the next part of the hashtag blessed moment was um, she wrote back and she said, um, we'll give you a three book deal based on, on the four chapters. And stop I, it! I know, like, and but I that's fairy to, tale stuff, isn't it? It completely is, and I have to say, you know, to anyone who's trying to get published, stick with it because my my 
situation was really unusual. And I, I know people who tried for five years before they got an yeah. agent and eventually got published. So just keep mm -hmm. at it. You know, my story is not typical. Yeah. So don't be, don't despair. Don't be, you know, downhearted because of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, all of those together. Magic. It, I, yeah, it was magic. Totally. Yeah. Marion, finally, how many languages can you say thank you in? 15. I counted 15. What? Yes. Yes, 15. yes, yes. I tell you my good ones. I can say it in Serbian. Krala. And you have to say it kind of all. Krala. Krala. Um, okay, great. Krala. Yes. Um, then I can do, uh, I don't know, it's Oza. It's a clicky South African language. Okay. Um, yeah. And so thank you in Koza is and hang on and cozy. Can you hear me click? I can hear you and click. Cozy and cozy and cozy. Now finally, this is this is my jewel in the crown. I can say it in Uzbek. It's Ramat. Big, big thank you to Marion. If you want more of the keys, and frankly, who doesn't? She's been sharing what she's been reading and watching while in isolation for the At Home with Penguin series. I always say Penguin really weird, so I'm so sorry about that. Check it out on YouTube. If this has sparked some ideas about what you're thankful for this week, drop me a line with the hashtag Thanks a Million Trio or at Angela Scanlon on Twitter, Instagram, yada, yada, yada. We're dropping new episodes every single week and you can get them first and for nothing when you subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or on your smart speaker of choice. And if you're loving the show, please, please do write us a review on Apple Podcasts because it makes a massive, massive difference. And I don't like to be needy. I have issues with it. I'm working through them, but I really need you to write a nice review. Merci beaucoup. Au revoir. Thanks again to Marion and to producer Matt Hill at Rethink Audio. And thanks to you for listening. Mind yourselves and thanks a million. I am very proud to say that Onpus sponsored this podcast and sending something in the post is such a nice way of keeping connected. Seriously, send a postcard. The little postcard things oh, melt my heart.